Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Erica. And welcome to Priestesses Prescribe, a self-discovery podcast based in mystical wellness. We came together as priestesses from different backgrounds and modalities with a common mission to empower and support you on your intuitive journey. We'll aim to prepare you for the energies of the new and full moons every month while expanding on themes that will connect you with your highest self. The priestesses have written you the prescription. All you have to do is take it. Now, let's start our ritual. Hey, Alex. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing well. I am surrounded by lots of plants recently. I have a lot more flowers in my house. And recently, I've sort of just been like staring at them and watching them like intake water and like bloom and blossom and grow. So I'm in this weird like appreciation for earth. And it's bringing me like this weird, fascinated, slightly obsessive joy. (laughs) I love that because not only do plants give us life Mm -hmm. and I love my plant babies at home as well. But that's very Virgo of you. That's very earth earth energy. And you know what? It's a full moon in Virgo. So clearly you're feeling it ahead of time. Totally. We love. We love that. Tell me, do you name your plants? No, I have. Well, one of them, I call it my grandpa plant because my grandfather gave it to me. And my partner, his grandfather's nickname was Blue. And our like water funnel thing is blue. So it's just our that's our grandpa plant. But the rest of them they don't have names. I should probably actually name them cuz I talk to them all the time. But I should actually acknowledge them yeah. by calling them something. Yeah. It's helpful to have names. We like named all of ours and then forgot like which one was <laughs> which. <laughs> so just make sure their name is really Right. Like they look like it, like a baby. If you name the baby, you have a name for the baby ahead of time and the baby comes out and you name them and it like doesn't look anything right, like it doesn't fit. Charlie. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Okay. We named ours after like Polish people, like famous Polish people. I love that. Which one is your favorite name or favorite plant? Mm, I love Tadeusz Kosciuszko. Oh, <laughs> I love that name. He's of he's he's a very strong snake plant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I also really love Nicholas Copernicus, which is a philodendron. Mhm. We even have a Ted Kaczynski. He actually didn't last very long now that I'm thinking about it, which, you know, makes sense. Unibomber. Yeah. <laughs> right, that wasn't a sense. great wasn't a great tactic. Everyone else has a pretty respectable mm-hmm. lineage. Okay. But one I just call Sunny because when I talk to him, he's just so happy. Mm-hmm. He's a little pathos plant. Okay, I love that. Yeah, I'll my my assignment for the week will be to name my plant children. They deserve okay. names. Yeah, and please, I think we should post it on the Instagram. I like, will. <laughs> maybe both of our plants. Yeah, we will. All of our plant babies. I love that. Us with our plant babies. <laughs> well, Earth signs are notoriously great. They have great green thumbs, so that's why. You're feeling that energy. Soak it up. I, I love am. That. I'm receiving all of it. So we have a Virgo moon that is full, opposing the Pisces sun, 
This is cool because it gives us a chance to talk about oppositions in astrology. If this is your first time, by the way, welcome to Priestesses Prescribe. We are so glad you're here. We're going to talk about some astrological cosmic weather and then get into the advice for this time, how to really utilize this energy for your benefit, for your highest and best good and the good of everyone in your orbit. So the opposition of the sun and moon is something we frequently talk about, right? We talk about it every time it's a full moon, which is great. And But the oppositions can exist all over your chart. And essentially what's cool about the opposition is that it's a spectrum. It, it very well connotates sort of opposites on either end and then We, of course, we love a spectrum, but we think about how do we balance these two opposing energies, whether they be planets like we're talking about right now, or just in general, you know, the the energy that we have as individuals, as human beings. So the Virgo moon represents boundaries and control and perfection and health and earth practicality and our Pisces sun represents boundaryless, no limitations, faith-based energy, spirituality, you know, understanding all that's around us that we don't have tangible evidence for. So they're very diff, you know, of course, they're they're opposites. I actually have this opposition in my chart. I have my north node in Pisces and my south node in Virgo. And your North Node is really your destiny, your life lesson. In evolutionary astrology, we talk about it as the soul's journey from where you came in, South Node, past, to where you're going, future, North Node. And so South Node is really our default mode. It's sort of how we operate without maybe realizing what we're doing. Um, This can be programmed behaviors. This can be things that come up from childhood, fears, subconscious. My natural inclination is to exert control. And what I'm learning in this lifetime is how to let go of control and be very open to the possibilities and trust and spirituality. This podcast is a great example of how I can, you know, work on that and how we can work on spirituality. But that opposition is what's happening right now. So you will pick up on this energy even if it's not in your chart. I think it's interesting that you navigate life from more of a space of control because I feel I am the exact opposite. I navigate life more from a whimsical standpoint. I don't know if whimsical is the correct word, actually, but just more so from the standpoint of emotional and spiritual. The logical and practical side of me is just now in my later 20s really starting to kick in. But I appreciate those individuals and the people and you who have a more logical, practical, controlled aspect of life, because it goes back to that yin and that yang, you know, I can't fully move from a consistent space of emotional and spiritual, because then next thing you know, you know, the universe or the spirit will just sort of like, you know, knock me over at any given time, and you have to be grounded. So both energies are needed, but essentially both energies are bringing together this idea of balance. And I feel that's the theme of what the tarot cards are 
trying to show us this full moon. So before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about the body region of the full moon in Virgo. And the body region is the abdomen, the stomach, the intestines, digestive system, and just the gut in general. And Virgo is actually a co-ruler along with Gemini of the nervous system. So Virgo's main astrological function is to teach us how to break things down into little small pieces, essentially to redefine them for refining them to bring greater organization and balance into our lives. And the quote that goes along with this tarot section is, balance is not something that you find, it is something that you create. And the tarot cards give us a really amazing formula for that creation. So I want us to think about the cards this this full moon in a different way, right? So the cards are the 10 of wands plus the death card plus the lovers equals temperance. And that is a formula for balance, right? So let's just jump into the actual meaning of the cards. So the first one is the 10 of wands. And the 10 of wands speaks to balance, extra responsibility, hard work, and completion. If you think about the original illustration of the card, it is an energy and a person who's being overburdened. They're carrying so many things. If you think about the song Bag Lady by Erica Badu, that is the song 100%. Like, Put the bags down because they're weighing us down and they're making life much tougher than it has to be for us. But the beautiful part of the Ten of Wands is that this season, this space of burden is only temporary. And that's really because the pandemic has really given us an opportunity to narrow in on maybe our weaknesses and turn them into strengths, right? So if some people are focusing on financial gain and financial building, other people have been focusing on spiritual, emotional, physical, mental growth, right? I know for me personally, I've been focusing on professional growth and trying to master this idea of podcasting. But no matter what we've been focusing on, it sort of created like an obsession a little bit and this unconscious feeling of exhaustion and burnout, right? Because we're so focused on it. We want to get so good at it, but some of us may actually be on the verge of breakdown by hyper-focusing on this idea of perfection. And I know that a Virgo trait too is perfectionism as well. But the 10 of wands is really just asking us to stop and examine our current lifestyle, how we're working and prioritize what matters the most to us because we can't continue to take all of these things on. Another really cool meaning of the 10 of wands comes from a numerological standpoint and the number 10. And the number 10 always talks about this idea of completion, right? So it's a graduation. We've been working so hard. We've hit a new place of success. But even with achieving our goals, there's significant responsibilities and commitments that come with that success. And when we reach that point of completion, we also have to be aware that we have to carry on the duties we laid out for ourselves to ensure ongoing success. However, (laughs) the trouble with that is, Sometimes we get very attached to the space in which we currently are, and it's really, really important for us to let go and move forward because change is inevitable. And that brings us to the next card, which is the death card. So bear with me. This tarot reading is a little bit long, but it's important for us to really get the formula of what's happening. So the death card talks about changes, endings, transformation, and transitions. And the death card is typically one of the most feared cards in the tarot deck, but it's actually the most positive, truly, right? Because it symbolizes the end of a major phase. We're no longer, we're assessing what no longer is serving us, right? We're opening up possibilities and understanding that there are other things that are way more valuable to us in our future. 
rather than just holding on to the past. So we really have to close one door to open up another. And I understand, we understand that it's very difficult to let things go, but it's really important because we understand that there's magic and renewal and transformation and transition. So the main thing that the death card is truly trying to teach us is that we have to be prepared to move forward, to let it go, but we really have to reframe how we're looking at death because truly we all die a little bit every single day. And that's because we change every single day. And death is really the catalyst to change. And it brings us progress, which brings us to our next card, which is the lover's card. And if you did not get a chance to listen to the lover's card tarot education episode, please go back and do so. We give a full explanation of that meaning. But in this perspective, it's a little bit different because the lover's card is really talking about right choice, right action to bring about harmony and love, right? So we have the right to choose absolutely everything. We choose how we connect with ourselves, how we connect with others, and on what level in which we connect with them. And we also can assess what we will and will not stand for. So to make a good choices, we need to be really clear on our personal beliefs and values and to stay true to them, right? And with that level of clarity, it brings focus, it brings purpose. And then it also has us understand that we can move through life fully living without fear and illuminating nothing but self-love, which brings us then to balance, okay? Which is the last card for this tarot portion. And that is represented by the temperance card. So it's flexibility, moderation, patience, and purpose, and allowing life to really flow through us without any kind of resistance. We understand that it's time to recover our flow and to get our lives back into order and balance. But to do that, we have to really maintain an even temperament. We have to manage our emotions. We also have to understand that we can't rush through anything. We have to be patient. We have to be diligent in our decision making to understand that that's the only way that we can do the best job possible. It's not about taking on 5,000 projects. It's not about perfectionism. It's really about moderation, taking our time, pacing ourselves. And once we do that, we create a balanced guide and approach to our goals. So again, 10 of wands, which is the burden, letting that go, letting go of extra responsibility, plus death, which is really change, transformation, and ending, plus the lovers, which is right action, right choice for harmony and love, which equals balance, moderation, and flexibility represented in the temperance card. That was a mouthful. <laughs> it's so, but it's so spot on. Like the, what I'm thinking a lot about is, I was just talking to my sister about this today because I'm with her. We both have some tendencies, and I think it's from trauma and childhood, of like trying to control our environment. And that's where like when I was talking about the Virgo South node, that's a default mode. That's actually like where we go when we're not really conscious of it. And we have so much in our charts, but like what brings me out of that in my chart is like there, there's so many other things that pull me out, but I notice that that's where I go when I'm like in a deep state of like fear or like I don't know what's going on. That that sort of comes out where I want to just sort of like control my surroundings. But we were both talking about this today and you said this at the beginning of the reading where we can't control so much that we cut ourselves off from the possibilities of just living. So there's this tendency with perfectionism or with control 
to try to get ahead of things and say like, actually, no, I'm going to put this boundary up before you can enter. So I'm able to control this relationship or I'm able to control the in and out flow. And a lot of times I know for me, I cut myself off at the legs because I'm trying so desperately to control the situation before it's even blossomed or I even know what it is or I even know what could be, which is, you know, what a Pisces would 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 do in that instance, like be very open, be very free. And potentially with some of that energy could come being taken advantage of, which I think is one of my deepest fears. But you also spoke about this idea of letting go and letting go is literally the opposite of control and letting go can happen in spiritual context. It can also happen through death, like death, the last part of the dying process is literally like letting go. And that's very scary to do that, that, that card, when it comes up, we have a very deep fear in our world of our own mortality everybody sees that card I'm sure you know Eric and I both have like PTSD from every client we've ever like talked through the death card with I like pat it a lot with like <laughs> it's not bad I, you know I know you saw right, calm it down. Like, let's talk everything's about it fine <laughs> you know it's gonna be fine don't worry but it I've been getting it a lot in my own personal readings actually recently like you need to let go of this idea that me talking to me that you can schedule in grief you can schedule in this is the time you can fall apart and this is when you get back to work it doesn't work like that we don't have we have very little control over life and it just makes me feel better to exert it but I am learning and every season of life gives you a new chance to learn something that you're already aware of, really, you know? So that's, that's, that was totally, totally spot on. How I take on the idea of death, which is a very emotional, spiritual mindset to have about it is, you know, we, we're all going to die and we will all eventually be a part of energy and energy stays with us forever so like do we actually die not really and that's sort of the approach that I had when my both of my grandparents were transitioning which was a good mindset to have because from an emotional standpoint I was prepared but it didn't allow me to really be with them in a physical space in a present space as they were transitioning because it's like, okay, like, you know, it's almost as if they were already gone. I treated them like they were already, they were no longer here. And I was speaking to them in like their spirit form, but their body, their soul is still with me currently. So it, it, it was a beautiful way of looking at it. Cause again, I was prepared for an emotional and spiritual place, but it was a negative aspect to look at it because I wasn't cherishing those last moments that I could have had with them because I was so, I already like put them in the spirit world. So I wouldn't say that I struggle with the idea of death from a, like a dying standpoint. Like if someone transitions, that's okay. My issue is like letting go of tangible things or if something does not die, letting go of it in that way. 
So like walking away from a thing, that's more difficult for me. But if something actually like transitions and, you know, the Grim Reaper comes and takes the energy away, that's okay for me. Um, and I know that I read in a book some time ago that death is extremely important just from a bringing our universe and our political systems and our humanity to a different place. So think about it this way. If everyone in the early 20th century did not pass on, we would not have women's rights. We would not have the evolution of, you know, people of African descent being freed, you know, and no longer being in physical bondage. So if things don't die, neither do these ideas of, of, of thoughts and ideas that are harmful and negative to so many different people pass on as well. So death is really important and death is really, really necessary if we look at it and reframe it from that standpoint. Because if things don't die, if people don't die, if old traditions don't die, we would still be sitting here with such oppressive systems. And I'm not saying that the world that we live in is perfect right now, but at least, you know, I, me and Alice can sit here on this podcast together and talk to you. A couple of years ago, we wouldn't be able to do that. So there's, there's power in death. And there's power in transformation and transition. And in, in knowing that, it creates an easier process, an easier system to move on, to create better balance. Yeah, totally spot on. And you know, what's interesting for me personally is <laughs> I have an easier time walking away from something before it's done or said another way. I have been able to keep things and ideas and a separation, a compartmentalization, if you will, of things very easily. But I do actually relate to what you were talking about with your, your grandparents passing because I And I think I was talking about this again with my sister. Like, I think that's pretty common. I think that there is a pretty natural way that humans would like to be separate from those who are very much living and the living would very much like to be separate from those who are dying. I wonder if there is something very metaphysical and spiritual about that. I'm, I, I, you know, as I'm explaining it, I know that there is like, our cat was going to all different places of the house, like away from everyone so that we didn't like, I think, see him like that. Or, you know, they like to be alone. And of course, that's just not so common. And I think there's part of, of that process that like, we need to feel like we're, you know, comforting them and doing everything we can and, and all of that. But at the same level, there's a level of, of that process that, you do need to be alone, I think, to truly go. I would I would prefer to, for me, like if I'm thinking about it, I would actually rather nobody see that happen. Yeah. So that's a very, that's like how they say, like you enter the world alone and you leave the world alone. But sometimes in terms of like the separation of something before it's actually done or transitioning out of this world, it's easier to separate yourself from someone if you feel like they're going to hurt you or if you feel like you're going to have immeasurable pain from having that person in your life or from like consistently 
being involved in that cycle. So there's something about like cutting off that cycle or like, you know, I guess unnaturally starting the death process that we humans do. I mean, I'm sure animals do it as well. I'm sure it's a kind of a, again, a metaphysical thing at the core level, but it's interesting to think about that separation between living and and dying. Yeah. Yeah. And even going with the analogy or the comparison rather of death and change. And you spoke about it a little bit about this idea of we've tried to prepare for the things that are not even here yet, right? Like how much can I learn? How much can I prepare? How much can I gather to to be as best at this thing and create as much perfection around this thing as possible, right? Which then it takes us back to the Virgo energy, trying to break it down, which might be the negative side, right? Trying to over-prepare, trying to be over-perfection filled. But what I'm starting to learn anyway, the beauty in life is the flow, the allowing, the temperance, the moderation, the management of trying to to mitigate risk, right? Business term, trying to reduce our risk, but then also trying to manage our expectations in the midst of change. It's that it's that perfect balance. It's that perfect dance um, or trying that imperfect dance, rather, uh, doing our best to teeter that line in the, the most healthy way possible. But it's really something that's very difficult to do. Like, I know that from a romantic standpoint i'm trying to to balance this idea of no longer being by myself for extended periods of time one of my biggest fears used to be commitment now i'm like okay i get commitment i'm with it like let's do it let's move forward in our relationship but i'm also trying to prepare like how do i how do i be a really good partner to someone else for an extended period of time for a long period of time how do but how do i still honor myself and making sure that I am not, my identity is not getting wrapped up into someone else's. And I feel as if I lose myself because that can happen as well too, right? So it's a very delicate dance, which the, I think the formula spills out completely in the tarot cards of there has to be this understanding that it's time to let things go, that there that transition is necessary, and that you have the ability to make the right choices for your life, but also allowing flow, allowing creation, allowing the universe to intervene in a way that isn't controlling. You can control as much as you can. We can control our actions. We can control our expectations. We can control our mindset, but we cannot control the way in which things happen. And that's the beauty of what this full moon, I believe, is trying to teach us, especially as Something as simple, we're moving forward into the season of spring soon, you know? We can pick out as much of our wardrobe as possible, but we don't know what the weather is going to be like, <laughs> like, you know? So it's like, it's something as simple as that, like clothing and weather and new season, or it could be something as extreme as physical death and transition. Yeah. You know, that is, it's such a interesting dichotomy too, because on the one hand, you know, like we've talked about our default modes, like you're in more of a default mode of, of faith. I'm in more of a default mode of control or boundaries. But when press or in the moment, I'm fine. Like it's almost the anticipation of it. And that's like what we're talking about with, with transitions, like, and with the weather is the perfect example of like, you can check the day before 
But really, you got to check. You got to ask Google right before you're about to leave the house because right. <laughs> you don't know. You, you don't no know. Idea. And that's true. Like the the other thing about this is like we don't give ourselves credit enough, I think, to realize that we'll be fine when it comes, when we when the transition happens or the, the situation that we're so anxious for and we want to control everything. Usually when you meet whatever that is. You'll move through it with the ease and flow that you've been preparing for or just what's in your design. We're built that way, which is a beautiful way to think about it, you know? You recently posted something on Instagram. I don't remember the words exactly, but something along the lines of like, isn't it interesting how like every day is the same? But Mm -hmm. do you know, do you remember the quote I'm talking about? Yeah. It's interesting how day by day, nothing changes. But when you look back, everything's different. Everything's different. There we go. <laughs> and I think that's a perfect example. Like we, we stress ourselves out trying to achieve perfection when in reality, we understand that nothing is perfect, but everything is as it should be. And the, the beauty in that quote, the, like that, that was the perfect. When I read that, I was like, 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 <laughs> that's perfect. I think that was a C.S. Lewis quote. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm telling everyone that it's Alex's quote. <laughs> I just can't take credit for that quote. I, I, I'll take credit for other ones, yeah. but not that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think that, like, there's differences between control and boundaries. You know, there's differences between faith and, and blind faith. And that's where this spectrum comes into play because there's, of course, positives and negatives of every sign, every opposition, every spectrum, right? So the prescription for this week, oh, I don't normally say that, (laughs) (laughs) fun, is to create some new rules for yourself wherever you fall on the spectrum to get you a little bit closer to the middle maybe closer to the other side of the spectrum, which is probably more like the middle for you, if you're really honest about it. So Erica and I have, considering we're coming from two sides of the spectrum, we each have a set of really easy rules to implement when you're coming up into these situations where you go into your default mode on this spectrum. And if this doesn't apply to you, then you can just ruminate on these things, but I'm pretty sure it will probably apply to most people. Most people have a default somewhere along this line. So the rules to get you closer to balance from my side of the equation, which is the control closer to faith is number one, does this situation with this person deserve the benefit of the doubt? Number two, could flexing my boundary benefit myself or others? And number three, does this need to be figured out right now? I love that. <laughs> I love that. How, how has it been for you to apply those for your own life? It's been great, honestly. I think just to have a little bit of a breather before you go into a situation where your default mode could come out is is helpful, even if you don't apply these rules. So I think normally, I mean, answering all of these questions, I think you would come out with a, yes, I can have a little bit more faith or 
trust that whatever situation I'm going through isn't exactly how I'm perceiving it or doesn't exactly – doesn't need what I would normally do. Right. Right. So it's been great so far. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that my rules for approaching better control, <laughs> being from the side of the faith coin – and when I talk about the term faith and being emotional and spiritual, let's talk about like the negative side of that. You can be very irrational and wishy-washy. Like, because again, if you're moving with, if you're waiting for an omen and, you know, the wind blows fast this way and then on Monday and the wind blows the next way on Tuesday, you're constantly moving from a place of uncertainty and it can look very fickle to other people. So my steps for learning to overcome that, first thing first, to stop and wait. If it's a decision that can take some time, I would wait like two weeks if it's not urgent. If it's a little bit more urgent, I give myself at least two days, right? Because that gives me the actual opportunity to come and look at it from a practical standpoint. The second thing I would ask of myself and of you is to consult with two people in your tribe, talk about it, right? And again, because being more emotional, spiritual, it's that gut feeling. It's that we know, we think we know, and then we put ourselves in a situation now where we totally didn't think about safety or we didn't think about money, right? But when you consult other people and you seek out wisdom, it gives them the opportunity to advise you. And you're not just reaching out to anyone, you're reaching out to people that you trust. And hopefully you're reaching out to more emotional, practical people. So for me, I would consult with my partner because he's the earthiest person I know ever. And I would also talk to Alex, right? Because she comes from a different standpoint than I do. And the last thing that I would say to do to make sure that you're still staying true to yourself after waiting and after consulting with other people to, again, refocus on the gut. How do you feel two weeks later? You've spoken to as many people as possible. Is the answer still yes? And if the answer is still yes, after you consulted everything and taken into consideration all that you can, move on it, do it. But if the answer is no, at least you gave yourself the time and the mature responsibility and the balanced energy of not doing anything that would be to your detriment, right? But again, it always goes back to this idea of authenticity. You still have to do what's true to you, but at least doing what's true to you in one hour is very different than doing what's true to you after a two-week span of time or however your timeline is. So let me ask you this, because I, I know how I would feel about the situation, but sometimes I ask questions and I just want validation. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes I ask, I think that's human nature. And sometimes I ask a question like where I really don't know what to do. So are you, nor where are you normally coming from when you are consulting? Is it consulting someone else or consulting myself? Yeah, consul I guess consulting someone else, like in this yeah. process, if let's say you're going to talk to me. Oh, okay. 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 Like, do you already know where you fall? Yeah. Understanding my human design nature, which we spoke about a few times on our podcast. So please go back and listen to those episodes too. I come from a space of intuition. So I always know if it's a hard yes or a hard no. Always. And it's my first thought. It's that first inclination. It's And, and I move. And I well, I should move. But maturity has taught me to consult and take in other consideration because it affects other people. 
everything that I do, I realize affects other people. When I was younger, I just thought everything that I did affected me. So I never thought about the consequences of others, right? So if I decide tomorrow that I want to, you know, up and move to Timbuktu, that affects the podcast, that affects Alex, you know, and it also affects my partner too. So I feel as if me reaching out for advice and wisdom, it's coming from a standpoint of like, yes, like I really want to know this other person's ideas. I want to know if this is a good idea for me, but it's also giving me the opportunity to, to honor them too, which is in being emotional, spiritual, and that wishy-washy energy and that irrational energy, we sort of can leave behind casualties because we didn't take into consideration. All we took into consideration was that butterfly that flew by as an omen. But like there's more, you know, there's more to life than the butterfly. Yes, the butterfly may have been an omen of yes, but how will that affect my finances? How will that affect my career? There are more things to take into consideration than just the answer or the problem or issue itself. Right. Yeah. That's a that's so interesting too to just hear you explain it because I feel like I understand you so much better knowing that <laughs> that's where you My approach. come from. Yeah. I think thinking about the spectrum is so interesting and thinking about oppositions is so interesting because it's built in empathy to understand, wow, there is another, even though it's not where I'm always coming from, there is another side to this. There's another story here. There's another vantage point that's helpful to think about when we enter every situation with our lens. So this is cool. Like I'm thinking about conversations we've had where you'll say like, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, okay, shit. Like that's a huge decision. Like, (laughs) and it's very different than what we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? You know? And now to hear you say it and explain it and, and rationalize and understand. I mean, that's growth. Exactly. That's more of the middle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And and also, we're human beings, so we are going to change. And it's sort of our human nature to be wishy-washy. You know, like one minute I might want to do A, the next minute I might want to do B. But even if you change your mind, at least it gives the other people around you and yourself the opportunity to adjust with you. Like right. oftentimes before, I would make a decision and then make the next decision and everyone would be like, but... Like, why didn't you consult? Why didn't, like, what what is constantly happening right now? So even right. um, uh, my boyfriend, he's always like, even for Valentine's Day, I wanted to go out. And I was like, no, I don't want to go out anymore. And then he held the reservation for a week <laughs> just in case I changed my <laughs> mind. And he was like, I wanted to honor you and give you the space to do so because I know you. I know you. But that's his logical, practical understanding my emotional, spiritual. And it goes both ways. Yeah, that's really sweet. That's cute that he's like built in. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know you said like, this, but like, he's learned maybe over the you years. Might change your mind. <laughs> he's learned. Yeah, you guys can never do a reservation that requires like a a credit card. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> or he'll just lose out on his money. <laughs> oh well, no, I'm kidding. It's like twenty five dollars. Not a bad deal, but like, yeah, that makes so much sense. And I'm like, if my boyfriend says, boyfriend, your oh husband. <laughs> Sorry, Leslie. No, it never gets easier. <laughs> um, that transition. Right. Um, he will be like, 
I will like hold him to I'll like ask mm-hmm. him the same question like over and over because like I really want to do something and like do you want to go but do you want to do but do, do and he's like Alex like I he builds in this like <laughs> I don't know yet I know that you need an answer can do I need to give you an answer right now I've started to adapt that language actually when I know that I need to go through my emotional wave I'm like what's my deadline on this like do I have to make a decision right now? I want to have the integrity to get you the answer you need, but I don't know how I feel about it right now. You know, like that's how someone even earthier can help me <laughs> get the language exactly. down. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes the boundary, like that's the de- that's why the default mode is important to recognize. Like sometimes that is that boundary doesn't even make sense. Like for me, sometimes I'm exerting a boundary and like it doesn't need to be there. Like I don't need to exert a boundary with like the grocery store clerk on <laughs> right. like, how we're gonna bag the gro- you know what I mean? Like it's right. like that's seems like a waste of energy to like exert a boundary. So that's so interesting to think about this spectrum. Well, I'm kind of interested to hear where everyone falls on the spectrum. Like I, I wanna know. Like, are you on the which 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 side do you default? Right. And not only which side you default, how are you going to take the steps to have a more temperance minded energy and get to a space of balance? We want to know. I love this. Mm-hmm. It's Pisces season, which is just so romantic. It's the last zodiac sign as well. So enjoy this very watery, romantic time, everyone. And also, we're basically entering a new astrological season. Yeah. More change. You see, now the death card is preparing us. More change. We have to move forward. We have to let go because not only are we entering new, we're entering new seasons everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's also, it's interesting. Pisces is the last zodiac sign. So it kind of naturally does connotate with death. Yeah. Hmm. The cosmos always has it right. Always. <laughs> that's Always. the other thing if you lessen your expectations or your boundaries you can be pleasantly very surprised. surprised yeah i love that well i'm wishing all of us surprises this new season Thank after you. you listen to this episode i'm sure something amazing is going to happen to you <laughs> watch, watch for those butterflies watch for them right watch for the butterflies but just be grounded take a grounded approach don't just drop everything and decide to move because a butterfly appeared take a grounded <laughs> approach mm-hmm. <laughs> and make sure you don't cut yourself off from even seeing the butterfly by closing yourself indoors exactly exactly but stay safe everybody but stay safe and we'll see you next episode Yeah, see you soon. If this episode resonated with you, please like, rate, subscribe, uh, share with a friend. We see and communicate with so many of you. So thank you so much for being a part of everything. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Alex. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Bye.